Welcome to Mortivica, our weekly podcast about culture, theology, and life, where James and I sit down and talk about a live issue and how we, as followers of Jesus, can respond. This week, we're talking about integrity. I feel like I can't remember. You know, James has got the memory of an elephant. You don't know. It's about the only thing you've got in common with an elephant. Thanks very much. Um, anyway, I feel like we've probably done it in some way before. But what struck me was, uh, have I got news for you? Yes, uh, you're, as in, you're much more culturally adapted than me. Middle-aged, culturally adapted. Yeah. Um, a TV show, as opposed to that, was a statement, yeah. have I got news for you, was um, was presented by Gary Neville. Of, yes. Uh, he's if you a, don't know, he, he used to play for Manchester United. He is now a commentator for Sky Sports on the Premier League. Um, but also well-known, he's kind of a bit of a businessman, entrepreneur, runs hotels, businesses in Manchester. Yeah, uh, very outspoken. Very outspoken um, critic of the current Tory government. Yeah and very active in terms of social media and all that kind of stuff around um, his views politically. So he presented, have I got news for you? What uh, happened? Well, interesting enough, I've, somebody wrote about this and they said he probably presumed this is a really good way for me to extend my, you know, his, yeah, his agent. Sphere of said, influence. Go on, have I got news <laughs> yeah, for you? Yeah. You'll get to take down a few of the politicians and everything and you'll look like you're quite a savvy character yeah. and it'll help build brand Gary outside yeah. of football. And one of the sections was on the World <laughs> Cup, which if you don't know, the World Cup is in Qatar. Yeah. Uh, and all you need to the know about... The Football World Cup. The Football World Cup. Yes, thank you, James. That confused with the Rugby League World Cup, or which is on at the moment, yeah, which yeah. doesn't bother me. Or yeah. the, the T20 World Cup, which sort of bothers me, yes. and the Rugby World Cup, which is coming yeah. very soon. We're not allowed yeah. to talk about such things, but I do happen Indeed. to know the name of the number one rugby team in the world at the moment. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so they were talking about the Qatar, the, the football, the soccer World Cup, which is in Qatar. Yeah. And, and, and to describe that as a mess is an understatement. So uh, it's basically being paid for by sort of brown envelopes to FIFA, the, the guys yes. who run football. So everybody thinks it's very dodgy. And the Qataris have had to build stadiums in a place where nobody plays football. And in order to do it, they've used immigrant workers who've kind of died at the rates that, Victor- that builders died when they were the Victorians were building ships and railways. Yeah. So basically in the modern world, yeah. shocking death. For the governing body have written to all the nations basically saying, please, can you not call out um, uh, uh, the, um, uh, the um, Qatari guys on um, on their um, dubious ethics, haven't they? Yeah, so, so, uh, so you've, if you're a same-sex attracted uh, football fan, don't go because you probably get arrested. But what they, and that's been the big news, but also actually if, um, probably if you're a woman, don't go. Um, if you're a Christian, don't go. They don't often talk about how they, about, yeah. about it's a place where Christians don't have the kind of, other faiths don't have the, so the country's a bit of a, not a mess, but actually it runs on a very different ethics to the rest of yeah, the Western yeah, yeah. world. Yeah. But yet still the football world is showing up yeah. to and, and at the wrong time of year as well, in the middle of winter, yeah. when they don't normally do it. So in Have I Got News For You, they took down David Beckham, who I'm hoping most people have heard of, you know, one of the most yeah. famous footballers of the last 20 years, because he's been paid $10 million by the Qatari by the Qataris to promote this World Cup. Has he? Yeah, yeah, okay. $10 million. Um, and, um, and they took him down for that. And they also, Robbie Williams, who's been a, an outspoken uh, supporter of LGBTQI rights, is opening... Is singing as are the Black Eyed Peas uh, at the opening oh, wow. um, okay. at the opening ceremony. I think that's yeah. what they call it. And they were sort of saying all these people who've got made all these pronouncements are supposed to be kind of you know, yeah. and they're taking all this kind of money. Yeah. And and then they turned to Gary Neville. And Gary Neville, remember, is, is somebody who's made a name for himself about being politically active and being a man who has kind of high standards. And they yeah. went, 
oh, but Gary, are you going to the World Cup? <laughs> and he kind of sort of went, oh, yes, I am. And they went, oh, and, and who? And he's working for BN Sports, which is a Qatari company yeah. um, in, in Qatar for the month. And, and Ian Hislop said, oh, um, so you didn't think about, you know, what, why are you doing that? And Gary said, well, I think it's better to go and then be able to speak out. And Ian said, oh, what, what, mid-commentary, you're going to go, oh, that's a lovely kick. And by the way, this is a dreadful country. <laughs> and Gary kind of sniggered. And he said, well, no, I thought it was better to go and speak out than stay home and say nothing. And Ian Hislop just very quickly said, well, you could have stayed home and spoken out. And Neville just kind of like didn't know what to do with himself. And what's happened in that moment is that gap between how Neville says things should be and what really matters uh, and what he's doing has been exposed. Mm. And we live in a culture that loves to do that. We love to, yeah. so at the moment it's happening in politics where Mr. Sunak, the new prime minister, said, you know, I'm going to lead with integrity, yeddy, yeddy, yeddy. And already there's big questions about his appointments of Home Secretary and Cabinet Office Secretary yeah. because of how because of things that they have done. Yep, so Gavin Williamson's in the press over the weekend around... Bullying. Bullying. And it turns out that Sunak knew about these claims when he appointed him. And um, using my elephantine memory, we've had these types of conversations around Boris Johnson yeah. and Dominic Cummings in previous episodes. So this is not um, new news no. in the sense of its content. But it is new news because of the individuals involved. So there's this recurring theme around how when we get into positions of power, the culture around us here in this country um, will want to examine the connection between what we say and um, and what we do. So what we want to sort of talk about today is, is a sense that, that actually we're thinking that integrity is the wrong word to use. Um, because sometimes when we talk about integrity, what we're meaning in culture is say this and do this and don't let yeah. a gap exist or we will take you down. Yeah. What that breeds, we think, in terms of theological thinking is what's called a works-based righteousness where yes. you will be judged by your actions. So your righteousness, your right standing before God is based upon your works. Yeah, so Gary Neville's right standing in society is based on the fact that he says this about how society should be, yeah. and then he follows it through with how he lives. Yeah. And as soon as we spot that he says this about how society should be, yeah. and that then he's compromised in how he lives, we take him down. Okay, so we're, we're going to go to a different passage to one that we've been to before when talking about this, and we're, and we're going to seek to unpack what we might misunderstand in our... Um, in our terminology around integrity from scripture because that's really where we want to start isn't it so Wayne you've got a scripture for us haven't you well um so you want me to go to Nahum yeah yeah so uh um so there's Elisha who follows Elijah in um the Old Testament as a prophet and there's um uh there's a there's, a, there's a, a Naaman, sorry, not Nahum, Naaman, who is a commander of a, an army in another nation, and he has this slave girl who has been taken slavery when they've um, taken in a slave when they've defeated Israel. Yeah. Uh, and Naaman gets leprosy. And the slave girl does a, a, an amazing thing instead of going, yes, the guy who's taken me captive has got leprosy because that would have ostracized him from the whole of his society. Yeah. Um, she, she tells him what to do, which is she must, he must go and see the man of God, Elisha, yeah. Uh, to be healed 
Yeah. Uh, and it's a brilliant story because Naaman turns up and I think he first he first of all goes to see the king, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he goes to see the king with all his gold and says, where can I be healed? <laughs> and the king has a bit of a panic because it feels like a, 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 an ancient Middle Eastern sort of uh, <laughs> uh, test, which is like, pants, I can't heal you and then you're all going to invade and kill me. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then yeah. the king basically remembers, oh, Elisha. So off he goes to Elisha. Yeah. Elisha refuses to see him. Brilliant. And just says, go and wash into Jordan seven times. Yeah. Naaman's livid because he's an important person. Surely the guy should see him. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, somebody says to him, well, why don't you do what he does? He washes into Jordan seven times and he's healed. Yes. And then he goes to Elisha to say thank you to offer him all the gold. And Elisha says no to the gold. Uh, and then he says to Elisha, can I take some soil from here home? Now, in their world view, and this is the thing, this is where Yahweh, the God of the Bible, blows all of this up. Gods were local. And so for, Naaman has been healed by the God of Israel. So he yeah. wants to now worship the God of Israel. So he's going to take soil from Israel back to his land so he can worship the God of Israel on his soil. Elisha says, yes. But then Naaman says this really interesting thing. He said, but forgive me this one thing. He said, when I am in the temple of Dagon, who's the God of his nation, and I yeah. am on the elbow of the king. So he would have been holding yeah. the king by the elbow in some kind of ceremonial thing. Uh, and the king bows. And I must bow because as the king bows, yeah. I must bow, will I be forgiven of this? And Elisha says a really interesting thing. You know, we'd expect him to go, no, 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 that's the point at which you stand up yeah. and go, it's yeah, yeah, Yahweh yeah, yeah. or nothing. Yeah. And Elisha goes, yes. Um, and that was the bit that struck me, which is there's this bit where deep in the Old Testament, there's this bit that life is messy mm. and compromises are part of what it is made, part of what it is to, to mm. do life. And within those compromises sometimes, um, there is grace. Yeah. Now, this is not what I don't want you to hear is I'm not giving us permission to go away and um, sin and do all these kind of things that we know. No, are wrong. because even in the New Testament, you have, you know, the you know, the, the, the book of Revelation is written within the context of persecution where yeah. Christians were having to make a choice between yeah. the worship of Caesar and the worship of Jesus Christ. So um, uh, we we hold these things in tension yeah. within the scriptures. So there is it isn't a validation of continued sin. It's a recognition that in that particular context. Um, something was going on. So there are, way, there are ways that we will operate within a culture that may not be ideal, but that we partner with. So, you know, is it an ideal scenario for us all to be living in a culture whereby um, the markets have so much sway and mortgages can be affected and, uh, and for those of us with mortgages to be participating in that? Yeah. Well, you, you look at um, Paul and Onesimus um, in Philemon. And the, yes, and, brilliant, and the, James. Um, the recommendation that he's taken back as a slave, Paul doesn't say, I think that slavery should be abolished. Um, but it's really clear from actually from the way that the Ten Commandments are introduced that God is not well, he, he tells Anitimus, God, God is not a fan of slavery. Yeah, fact, so he tells Anitimus to go back as a slave. He says, yeah. Anitimus, you ran away as a slave, go back as a yeah. slave. And then he says, Philemon, receive him as a brother. Yeah. And then we're, everybody's like, oh, clever Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philemon, what are you yeah. going to do here? Yeah. But it's that sense where, where within culture there are things that we know actually there could be a better system, but we operate within it. Yeah. And so, but but that just struck me. So that's less. But that struck me as a way into thinking. Ooh, actually, it is messy this side of eternity, and and there will be gaps sometimes between what we know we should be like ideally and how we are. Yeah. And then what it got us thinking about was that actually the issue um, that Ian Hislop pointed out to Gary Neville was not Gary that you say one thing and do another. That's obvious. But actually, that you have a divided heart. So you are, yes, Gary, your heart is good. You do care about 
poor people and about those who are in, oppressed. And you do have a view on the Qatari government. Mm. But your heart is divided because you're also an entrepreneur who's very good at making money and you've been op- given an opportunity to make money involving football, which is the thing you're good at and you love. Yeah. And so your divided heart has said yes to one thing whilst also knowing you should say no. Yeah. And what Gary could have pointed out to Ian Hislop is, you know, you're... And he, Hislop might say, oh, I've never spoken out about these things but you know Hislop sent his children to private school and Hislop yeah. lives in a lovely village in Kent and you know he's very much a middle class guy who um, calls out la- lots of a lack of integrity as he sees it in all those other middle class people around him but he doesn't challenge the inherent lack of integrity that there is in the existence of the middle classes in a, in, in a, in a divided society like ours and so he too we all have this I'm not going to be in his up here I'm going at us all we all have divided hearts the issue isn't do I say one thing I'll do another the issue is that we all do that and 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 when it's called out do we either cancel each other or go ooh how can I have my divided heart healed yes exactly so do we do we say oh it's impossible give up can't do it um uh, only Jesus if you're a Christian or no one ever is perfect um, let's just um, get on with having a lack of integrity and find ways to be comfortable with one another. Uh, and the answer that we're bringing is that actually the route for Christians to understand words like integrity, holiness to which we're called, perfection to which Jesus calls us in Matthew 5, verse 48, I think it is, um, that actually the route to that is from the invitation to repent and believe because the kingdom of God is at hand. And when we do that, we go on a journey of what the other Christian word that someone uses, wholeness. Yeah. And and these bits of our lives that are dislocated are where there is a division come together and we begin to act in concert. So if you think about our lives as an orchestra where there is no conductor yeah. and sometimes violins are playing louder than the timps or sometimes the trombones are trying to get their, you know, their way over the cellos, that, that when the conductor comes in, everything begins to play together in our lives. Yes. And, and integrity, neither of us are mathematicians. <laughs> uh, an integer is? A whole number. And, in, in, and, and, and that's where we get the word for integrity from. It's this idea of operating with wholeness. And it's that sense that our hearts need to... Like, we need a new heart. We're going back into the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, we need a new heart. And in giving a new heart with a new conductor, yeah, we, yeah. You know, get ourselves off the... Or, that was Ezekiel, wasn't it, the other day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take, away Take the heart. baton out of my hand, put it in his, and then suddenly he teaches me, he changes my heart, and I begin to live a life that is whole. And when I live a life that is whole, things like holiness, integrity, perfection, they begin to follow. So I don't pursue doing the right things, back to work-based righteousness. I pursue him. And when I pursue him and he changes me, I find myself out of the overflow of my heart doing the right things. So this is where I, I just referenced Ezekiel as the other day as um, a reference to the Bible in one year. This is where um, the the reading of scriptures individually in the context of the, the relationship that you have with God, allowing the living word to speak to you and living it out with other Christians in community is vital to that journey of repentance because our our minds are being shaped by the world around us and Paul calls us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so we we need to come to the scriptures so that we might be changed and and be led knowing that actually that whilst there are absolutes so so an absolute from scripture is that slavery is a Mm no-no just in case we didn't make that clearer (laughs) earlier on um but there are then specific 
responses to which he calls people to. So I, I happen to have some Danish ancestry. I am a massive... I wouldn't know looking at you. Um, <laughs> if you don't know, probably um, kind of a, a little bit Viking-esque in my appearances. Um, uh, the, the, the Danish national football team have chosen to wear a red shirt with um, the felt parts of, of the kit, which would be the the, um, uh, the, the badge and the maker uh, uh, logos are also in red and in the same tone of red. And they've said that they... Um, they the, the maker Hummel has said that they wanted to make this shirt um, acknowledging the deaths of those unseen migrant workers who had made this World Cup possible. So they were in their kit, they were speaking out against the injustices of what had made um, what had made the World Cup possible. Um, interestingly, the the makers put out that statement, not the Danish Football Federation. Um, uh, and so the Danes are going to be wearing a protest, and when they wear their white kit, it's white with white, and mm. their third kit, the black one, is black with black. So every time Denmark play, they are they have made a decision to make a, in essence, a, a silent protest against what's going on in the World Cup. And the messy compromise of capitalist life is even as I as I as you describe it to me, I'm thinking that is a collector's item of a kit, <laughs> so it'll, it'll sell well. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, yeah. And well, I'm going to buy one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but that's where and that's the world. This is yeah. back to that's why I went to to name and that's the world we live in where actually Hummel are doing a good thing and some people might disagree with them and say you shouldn't they shouldn't have gone yes um, but then actually in doing a good thing Hummel are probably going to make some money out of it because yeah. actually it's a very clever good thing yeah. and that's the bit where and it, as soon as you start pulling all those bits apart it, it just gets confusing and so so that's why we need to like to, to root ourselves in Jesus because then in Jesus in scripture tradition and reason we get the way to live a whole life that runs with the compromises of our age sometimes, but also knows how to say no to them and when to, and what way to say no to them in other ways. Well, if if a um, I can't pretend to think like Rowan Williams, but I can. I, you mentioned him before we we recorded this. If he were here, I think he would probably want to say that the journey into God is the journey into the God of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who is a God who is holy and in whom there is no sin. So our journey of repentance into life in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit necessarily involves the journey away from sin. And and that journey will look different for different people according to the situations in which they find themselves um, and the cultures in which they're placed and the times in which they come in history. Um, but there will also, so there will be differences, but there will also be some absolutes about um, that journey and about what sin is because that's been laid out for us in the scriptures. Um, so, so when we get into the specifics of how we engage with culture rather than what constitutes a sin as laid out in, in the scriptures, then we, we, we probably need to spend less time thinking about how other people are engaging and their divided hearts and more time thinking about what it means for us to do that. Yes, and the one person, you know, you talk about the story of Peter who very mm. much had a divided heart mm. and Jesus restored him. So that's Jesus' mm. heart for us all. And then at one point, Peter turns around as Jesus is restoring him and says, what about him? Pointing at John. And Jesus says, don't worry about him. Worry about you. And that's mm. the other thing as well. He, you know, to lean his off of this mm. world. Great. But what about you? Thanks for listening. Mm.